Dwayne The Rock Johnson is becoming somewhat of a beverage mogul these days. He launched a tequila brand, he has ownership stake in a water brand, and now he's launching an energy drink brand called Zoa. The Rock says that it is the first of its kind, clean and healthy energy drink for everyday warriors in all of us. And it could be huge. His tequila brand sure was. They're shipping 400,000 cases their first year, making it the biggest launch in the history of the spirits business. To put that into perspective here, George Clooney sold his tequila company for a billion dollars after about 175,000 cases. The Rock's doing 400,000. So we know that he can move product. The question for investors is, what's the investment? It's a private company backed by juggernaut capital. The Rock doesn't need any of our money to launch the product. Well, an enterprising member of the Dumb Money Discord group who goes by the handle of Courage points to the exclusive deal to distribute the energy drink that they signed with the Molson Coors Beverage Company. That is a publicly traded stock under the ticker TAP. Today on Dumb Money, we're going to try to decide if we think that it's going to move the needle for the Molson Coors Company, and if we are going to invest in The Rock. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turn $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. The quick obligatory reminder that the like button is our only way to tell the almighty algorithm that this video is worth watching. So if you, you basically have two choices here. You can either smash the like button or like the smash button. We'll we'll take it either way. Um, but Chris, Jordan, and I did make a new graphic for this. Look, ah, nice, huh? <laughs> I love it. Dude, Dave. I just, let's just get oh, this out of the way right now. this second, because yeah. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore with this episode. We are not financial advisors. Guys, do not trade on the information we're talking about today, because this is just research. This is just us. Someone in our community surfaces. By the way, Dave, you didn't give credit to Register and Jenks, who are contributors to Courage on this High Conviction Report on the Dumb Money Discord. DumbMoney.tv is how you can find out what our Discord group is. Um, guys, there is so much to talk about today, because first of all, while I love the report that Courage put out, unless I'm mistaken, he actually missed, he or she, I don't know, it could be a she, she, Courage, I don't know, he missed one of the biggest storylines related know. to Molson Court. I'm not going to talk about it yet. you got to wait. We'll talk about The Rock first, but there is something that I think potentially well, is even bigger than The Rock and, and I think this that and to tease it a little bit, we do know that Molson Coors is diversifying out of the beer category into hard seltzers, gourmet sodas, CBD and THC drinks. So this will be their well, first and, uh, pure play energy brew, drink. which is also growing, right? <clears throat> Wait, what's growing? Craft beers. So they're they're buying craft beer companies. Blue, oh, yes. Blue so they have a ton of beer brands, well, but they're also Blue getting Blue, out they, of They recently bought a Detroit-based um, uh, craft beer manufacturer also. Um, What's going on there, Chris? Sorry, Steve. I need to do this. This is the beauty studio. of a live show. <laughs> um, okay. Jordan, yeah, you're totally right. They, they have uh, you know, the Blue Moon. I, I, they got a lot of stuff. But there's something in particular that I think is so big that's being missed in this story. And when I say being missed, I mean Wall Street, too. No one has a clue how big this is. Because I read the last earnings transcript, and it was in there a few times. But I, I was like, whoa. I, I saw that they were doing this. I forgot about it until reading this report. And dude, this I already bought 2,000 shares just as a primer. Just as a primer today, I bought 2,000 shares of Molson Coors. Um, why don't we start with The Rock, though? Dave, yes. you are right. 
The Rock is a marketing machine, dude. What he did he's, with that tequila company? Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? Are you no, kidding me? No, it's unbelievable. He's he's uh, so he's um I can't think of probably a better person to attach to a product. Everybody he has this him. beverage track record. He's, you know, we we, we just know he's the, he's the highest paid actor of all time, or at least in the last few paid. years. He's like super likable. Everybody likes everybody likes The Rock. Well, yeah, he guys, played the Tooth Fairy in a movie. <laughs> let's just put it. Into, let's just let's just put this into perspective, okay? So, um, Molson Coors is a nine point six billion dollar market cap company. Monster Energy is a forty eight billion dollar. Okay, let's just put this into yeah. perspective, okay, guys? And The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has done $10 billion in box office sales in his career. Dude, so I, he's done more, he's sold more movie tickets than the entire value of the Molson Coors Company. And you 217 million followers on Instagram, the fourth most popular person on Instagram. Uh, he, has, he has 5 million YouTube followers and he barely even makes videos. Um, by the way, people are talking about, let me just say, there's so much, God, there's so much to talk about. Uh, Celsius Holdings, okay, 4.5 billion, and that's like essentially a regional company uh, in the quasi-energy drink, and like healthy energy drink. And by the way, this is not just an energy drink. What The Rock is doing with, with this energy drink, it is a healthy energy drink, closer to cel kind of what Celsius has been putting out there, right? Yes. Um, now, but we do guys, know that the energy drink sector as a whole is uh, expected to more than double from $9 billion to $19 billion by two years from now. Yes. And, 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 and there's no downside for Coors, right? Because if it takes off, they have, they get the distribution. And if it doesn't, they didn't spend a dollar like inventing the brand or, you know, paying a celebrity or they, it's like a perfect deal for them. It, it, it is. And it, people have been asking for, let's get back to pure social, like old school social art. What, what, what kind of what the channel was all about before, you know, 20 million retail investors got in this market and we had to start chasing investor behavior as part of our social arb strategy. This is it guys. This is what social arb is all about. Basically identifying something that it's not that the market doesn't know this is coming, but I don't think the market fully appreciates how much potential this deal has. Now, can it implode? Can it can it come out flat? Yes. But do we have any history to make us think that The Rock is not going to pull off this deal? No. The brand looks great, by the way. I love the brand name. I love everything about this. I think it has everything going for it. Not okay, only there's energy, one it thing has the that health I, element. That's one area where I did have in my pro and con list, the brand to me doesn't scream the rock even though the apparently the logo on the can is his tattoo uh when i was just googling trying to do some research rockstar energy and rocket fuel came up when i was searching for rock energy drink right yeah but i mean he'll, he'll pop Dude. this on his uh, instagram right i mean people will know the name i don't think no. that would be an issue uh dave i think this brand is bad man i think in a, it is awesome i, I love I love it. I'm looking at I'm staring at it right now. So the here's zero the can. sugar on the yeah. it, this is the way that they're marketing the natural caffeine. You know, they're they're basically extracting caffeine from was it like unbrewed uh coffee beans? Yeah, and, green, and, and green green unroasted tea. coffee and green tea. And they basically he was trying to make a um what do you call it? Like a like a antioxidant kind of drink. He was trying to make a health drink that then they decided well, let's pump it some energy in because, you know, energy drinks sell. Dude, Dave, it has all the elements of everything that's hot right now. If you look at the success of Celsius, 
Um, you look at where the market is going. Molson Coors has massive distribution. The Rock is the world's best marketer. This is the dream social arb setup. Now, will it work? We don't know yet, but if I have to take, if I have to roll the dice on this and I look at the risk reward and I look at the history of this company and what I want everyone to do today, what I want every single person to do today is when you get done watching this episode, I want you to read the last earnings transcript for Molson Coors. I preach this over and over and over again. You don't know anything unless you read the earnings transcripts because what the earnings transcripts will tell you is it will essentially give you a broad gauge of how the company is viewing itself and how investors are viewing the company and what the marginal drivers of earnings and revenue are going forward. And you can kind of see what the market is expecting. And I'm telling you, if you read that earnings report, you'll get a really good sense of where this company sits. And the reason why Molson Coors hasn't taken off this last year is, you know, they have a few brands, particularly in Europe the last quarter. If you look at Peroni and you look at uh, Blue Moon, Europe has been in a complete shutdown in their in their bars and restaurants, right? So they call those on-premise sales. So on-premise sales for Molson Coors have gotten crushed. Okay, have gotten crushed. And so some of the beers that they, like Peroni is an on-premise beer. Blue Moon is what we call an on-premise beer. You get Blue Moon and Peroni when you're out at restaurants and bars. You don't generally get those as much in your house when you're just hanging out in your house drinking Blue Moon and Peroni. So you have to understand the dynamics that are really holding this company back. This is absolutely a recovery trade minus the ZOA, minus the uh, CBD and THC uh, um, beverages, the, the Trust, Trust is the name of their CBD and THC beverage brand in Canada. By the way, I think they now have four of the top five spots in Canada for THC beverage, which is incredible. We know what's happening in the US right now. We're basically moving in a direction where this stuff is going to get completely decriminalized. So there's massive, massive opportunity for these types of beverages and they are a leader, okay? Now, one thing that everyone also needs to understand, the reason why Molson Coors is as behind in terms of stock price, right, where the opportunity is, is they were last to get into the Seltzer game, okay? Yep. The Seltzer, they, they, they were so it. slow. I, they got their butts beat by everybody else. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, but um, the other issue is that they're not very good internationally, right? And so they're they're more, I mean, they are international, but they're not as known as like in, as, uh, you know, Budweiser and Bev or, uh, you know, like your favorite Heineken. They're just not, they're but, they don't that international. But they're, but they're priced, they've always been priced appropriately for that, Jordan. And like, I think that the, where all the growth has come the last two years, where you've seen companies like Sam Adams completely exploding. And by the way, if you haven't seen our Sam Adams episode from a couple months ago, guys, that stock is killing it right now, okay? Um, the, to the Truly, the Truly uh, launch uh, and the yeah. Truly acceleration in 2020, that's where all the crazy acceleration has come in sales for these brands. And Molson Coors, Jordan, has been completely left out of that. But now they're catching up, yeah. which is gonna lead to what I really wanna talk about, but we're gonna hold off for just a few more minutes. I wanna get this rock conversation uh, fully, fully washed out. 
Do you show you this, this, is a, this is a one-year stock chart comparing uh, Sam Adams and uh, Molson Coors. I love uh, it so much. I love yeah. it so much. You know why? All I see there is opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity yeah. lost. And the big question is, do they have the right recipe today for 2021 to narrow that gap with seltzer and now with energy, which is insane, an area uh, where they can just they're just try, They're trying to become a, a full spectrum, uh, non-alcoholic and just, just a beverage company, right? I, I, I love it. I absolutely love what this company is doing in 2021. And let's, I gotta talk, I gotta say, cause I can't hold myself back anymore. The big thing that I'm excited about and how often do you get a storyline that one, this is a recovery trade, right? Because all of a sudden, all the on-premise sales are gonna go through the roof. And if our Roaring 2020s thesis is right, and by the way, when I say Roaring 2020s, that is a dumb money term that we have been talking about since March of 2020. Am I wrong, guys? We, yeah, we've we, we we talking we talk about this like on day one. Nobody talked about Roaring 2020s. Before there was before even recovery money. trades, we, we had an episode called the Roaring 20s. <laughs> so we have the, what I think is one of the best recovery trades in this beer and liquor industry, meaning that a lot of their brands are on premise and getting destroyed, especially in Europe, and that will come back. We now have um, this energy right drink, Zoa, that I think has blockbuster potential, serious blockbuster potential, no joke. In fact, the early buzz is incredible. And if you were to just look on Twitter, the amount of enthusiasm uh, for the rock in this drink is just absolutely incredible. But what am I really excited about? Do you remember the company that I tried to invest in on the private market, what, six, five, six years ago? I was calling these guys in Mexico trying yeah. to I couldn't even communicate with them. I was like, guys, well, you I found a want... local a local office here near Dallas that was a or, distributor for this, right? Yeah, I, I I saw this trend very early on. This brand exploded in Texas, and I own a restaurant. Dave uh, owns a bar. And I'm, I'm looking. Saw... I'm looking at the comments to see if anyone has has guessed it yet. This brand was exploding, and we were trying to make an investment in this company on the private market. Well, because you couldn't get the drink, right? So they were sold out. You couldn't get them. You were trying to get them a, a into bridge, your restaurant. A bridge, a bridge, like uh, fell in Mexico, and they congrats. couldn't. They couldn't. Uh, distributed go from ahead. the mountains of Mexico. Joey, Joey, Joey got, got it right. It. We're so, talking someone Topo else Chico. Topo Chico. Guys, do you have and that? And the idea? Topo Hard Seltzer that Molson Coors is going to be Dave. distributing as a partnership with the Coca-Cola company, which now which bought Topo. Dave, yeah. could you put the image I just texted you a little bit ago? It's just a photo image of the drink, because I think you got to really it's see it looking, to appreciate it's a good it. good-looking can. I will say something. I will never have a White Claw, but I would 100% get a Topo. <laughs> Dude, all right. Let me just. Let me, Jordan, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you in a minute because I know you totally get this, guys. Let me explain go. something to you here. Is that Topo your hand? Chico is one of the most beloved brands in the state of Texas. This brand is so hot that it has since in the last year and a half started to migrate across the country. But well before that happened, this was like, dude, Topo Chico was everything. If you're in a restaurant or a bar in Texas, a lot of us restaurants actually make Topo our own Topo Chico mixed beverages with the Topo bottle upside down because anything you stick a Topo bottle in, and they're generally, if for those of you that don't understand Topo Chico, it's just it's just like a seltzer water, but it's it's extra fizzy, it's extra carbonated. It's, it's hard to drink. It's so carbonated. It's extra minerally too. I feel like yes, like it it 
it gets you in the teeth when you're drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's but how how strong is the brand, Jordan? How strong is the brand? It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like if you're maybe maybe not in the Northeast, maybe not in the West Coast, but if you go to a convenience store, most likely you're going to grab a Topo. You're not grabbing a Perrier. You're not grabbing you know any of that stuff. You're grabbing Topo. It's the brand. Dude, you're getting topo all day long. Now yeah. you saw that can, Jordan. You saw it, right? Everybody saw it. Dave put it up. Now you tell me how hot is that brand going to be? Tell me how hot it's going to be. I mean, come on, dude. I'm going to have a cooler filled with them here in about two months. <laughs> yeah. you, know that, you know that second refrigerator that's all beverages? That's that's going to just be a ton of those right by the pool. It's all you need. I, I, Done. I'm t I'm Summertime, guys, I can't wait for you to get here. Now here's the crazy thing though. So I'm talking about Topo Chico, excuse me, the Topo Seltzer that hasn't even launched yet. They have launched a Seltzer. They just launched it last summer, barely. Like they barely scratched the surface, okay? It's called Vizzy. Yep. And you know what? I did some social research on Vizzy, V-I-Z-Z-Y. David, you have another picture of the Vizzy <clears throat> that, that I sent you. Uh, you, and, you and Jordan actually. Um, but Vizzy, People love it. They absolutely love it. It's the latecomer to this game. It's their version, uh, their own branded version of a hard seltzer. And you know what? People are like, dude, this Vizzy rocks. So they actually have what I think might be one of the best uh, reviewed hard seltzers on the market right now, but it only had one flavor. They are about to release that in like four or five more flavors in a mix pack that I think is going to kill this summer, okay? That's in addition to the Topo seltzer, okay? They also have a, a lemonade version of their um, of their hard seltzer Vizzy that's coming out. So they, all of a sudden you have a you have a company, Colson Moores, that completely got left out of everything that was on trend for Colson the past Moores? two years. And now they're like right out in front with I think some of the very best brands, the very best marketers, they could, I'm not gonna say that they're gonna leapfrog Truly and White Claw in one year, but do you not think these guys now have the recipe to do some massive catching up in 2021? They want to get 10% of the market. They want 10% of the hard sales of market. That is their goal. And you know what? They're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. Well, I, it's I, I know it's a very crowded it. market. It's it's not a great market to just try to invent a brand. But I mean, because you have loyalists to White Claw, you have people who prefer truly you now have like uh, like everybody has a hard seltzer Vizzy, yeah i guess i would try that those those look like nice cans i would uh... but dave people lo people actually love it and that's the thing like Vizzy, Vizzy wouldn't stand the chance if they didn't come in with a product that was actually better and from what i've seen that flavor people even with just one flavor out there people prefer it so now molson and it has vitamin c so there I, I feel like molson is uh basically trying to be slightly healthier or well, they're, Dave, they're here's, here's where they have the advantage. leaning into that healthiness brand. Even though Dave, I'm not so sure how how healthy an energy drink is, just because of the caffeine that's in it. But okay, well, let's just admit that it, what how healthy it actually is doesn't matter, right? Like we all know that, right? Like it's yeah. irrelevant how healthy it actually. People is. drink Monster, dude. Come on, I mean, that <laughs> exactly. Is, that's just gonna kill you. <laughs> dude, they drink a crazy amount of Monster. Here's yeah. the thing, guys. Yeah. You saw what Celsius did, guys. Celsius does not have the distribution, the national and global distribution that Molson Coors has, okay? So 
if you look at molten cores, they have had the opportunity to look at this market and say, you know what, we screwed up. How can we improve on what's out there? Because what they can do is they can come in with something that's better, something that is even more tailor-made for what people are looking for, meaning something that's healthier and maybe even is a little bit better flavor, which it looks like they have done with Fizzy. I don't even, I don't know how they can screw up uh, the Topo uh, uh, seltzer because people are going to want to love it like nobody wants to not love that right Jordan like they're gonna freak out over that and you, as soon as that hit the, hits the shelves it sold out and I know for a fact that Wall Street does not appreciate the Topo brand why Topo is a Texas born obviously Mexican born brand but let's call it a Tex-Mex brand that Wall Street I know underappreciates because they don't live here they don't see it the way that we see it um, and so I cannot wait to watch this, and I don't mean watch it once a month, guys. This is a social arb trade that our community needs to be watching every single day for the next four to five months to see how these rollouts go. Because if you start to see some traction, that's when I'm gonna really level up into this trade. That's when I'm gonna go in big. This could turn into a high conviction trade. I'm saying yeah. it right now. It's not high conviction So right yet. now, it can and, be. And uh, Dee's Nuts points out that when you only invest 80K, that's less than 1%, uh, and you're guessing that's not high conviction. Right now, this well, is Did I medium. say, no, I, 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 I I, I was wrong. I invested 200k, so that was like um, I don't know. It's still it's still right now low commission, but it's 200k, not 80k. It must have been 5,000 shares. So my my bad if I got that wrong. Yeah, I bought a thousand shares during the show. I think it's actually lower now than when I bought it. Um, but yeah, I bought, I bought a few shares. Yeah, young investor points out that I just said these nuts. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't say that. I also shouldn't say so, that Monster Energy kills people because I don't actually know that for a fact. It might be great. I don't know. I wouldn't drink it. Multiple people have also pointed out, uh, I, I think this show just needs to turn into memes uh, on TikTok. If people could just repost me saying, uh, those are some nice cans. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't try to get on here and like pump and get excited, but th this, this social arb trade legitimately gets me excited for what's possible, okay? A lot of this is in front of us. We know that, right, guys? A lot of this we haven't yet seen yet, but I know the Topo brand. I know the love for the brand. I've seen what people are saying about Fizzy early on when it's barely in the market. Um, I completely believe in the Rock's marketing muscle. I absolutely love the take that they're having on a lot of these drinks, which is giving them a strong health angle, which is exactly what is working with the hottest beverage brand in the world right now, Celsius, okay? So like every single thing that I would be looking for, Molson Coors is doing right now, and my mind's about to explode because we actually have a stock chart, a brand that has been under appreciated because they haven't done a lot of great things the last couple of years and this could be a massive turning point which is like the ultimate setup for a social arb trade will it happen we don't know yet but we need to watch it really closely really closely guys so I'll that's be watching it. it for sure oh by the way when we're done talking about this I have an earnings trade I want to talk about next week that Jordan would not allow us to do an episode on today mm. because uh, mm. he he thinks they've got some sales practices that I'm not a huge. I fan know, of. I know. Listen, he, it, oh, Jordan, as we all know, 
I like to think I have ver a very high ethical standard, but Jordan's ethical standards are like through the roof high that he doesn't even want to talk about things that, that he thinks are, have any element that to be negative for society. And I appreciate that. I respect that. We just have a slightly different angle on whether we should invest in those things. So if we time, can make time money. out, I, I caught the tail end of this group text that we were on and I don't even know what the stock is that we're ta what you're talking about. What, what's the controversy out. here? I don't even know. Dave, you'll find out once we're done with this conversation, you will find out the same time that everyone else finds out. We're talking about I today. I actually think it's it's a legit trade maybe and it was we'll talk about it in a minute. Hold on. So what else do we have? What other opinions do we have on Molson Coors? Am I crazy to be this excited about this? Or do you guys, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Look, they're no. kind of been beaten down. They don't have, they don't have good margins like Bud. I mean, they're, you know, they're kind of beaten down for a reason, I feel like. If this is a bright outlook, I feel like there's some upside here, but everybody kind of already knows where the business is. And so I don't really see that this is going to fall off. I think I see that. Like, I see that this would be, yeah, this is well, this wait, is wait, a George, great saying, way for them saying, to get into the energy drink world, right? So I can't think of a better way for Coors to get into energy drink than having the Rock pumping their drink, right? It's the Rock's drink; they're just distributing it, right? But Dave, Dave, it's not just that; it's also that this energy drink is positioned in the market alongside with all the right themes of health that we already yes. know are exploding with Celsius. So there's no reason to believe that this wouldn't also have the same impact. That makes me more just all in on the idea of this Molson Coors company being a company that I would want to invest in, not purely because of The Rock, but because The Rock plays into the bigger picture of them transitioning from just a, like, a, I don't know how long ago, they were just the Coors company. Then there were Molson Coors when they, you know, had Molson. And now they're trying to be this all-encompassing beverage brand that has a bunch of, you know, smaller microbrew kind of brands and all sorts of non-alcoholic THC, CBD, all of, all, they're, they're doing everything. And even though it's kind of a crowded space, they're, they've, they've got, I think, you know, the backing to, uh, to make this happen. And it makes sense for The Rock. I, I wish we could have bought some uh, pre-IPO, or not not even pre-IPO, but just some private shares of uh, The Rock's company. Yeah, no kidding, dude. That would be <laughs> insane. How, oh, how about this? In, in, in addition to... Um, debt, which that also kind of drags on them. They're making debt payments. I think they cut their dividend with the, uh, with the entire uh, um, COVID shutdown. So them bringing that back maybe in 2021 could be an upside also. Uh, well, how about Jordan? How about the on-prem, how about the natural lift of on-premise that we know is coming as part of the recovery trade when all these, their Blue Moon and their Peroni and all the on-premise sales that are a big part of their business come storming back with the recovery trade. That's, that's like what I'm a saying. whole so other like the, the recovery is definitely gonna help them out um, for sure. And you layer to you layer the topo the topo segment on top of that, which I think Wall Street completely doesn't understand or appreciate. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have the blue sky of their THC brand coming down from Canada, and they are the leader, the leader there. Okay, so like that could be monstrously big, right, long term, and that that's a blue sky type of. Uh, product that we just have no idea how big that segment can be and for them having a leadership position and let's be honest I mean cores the Rockies right I mean like it kind of they are the right parent company to take that to market will we all agree like coming out of call with the Colorado heritage that they have so well they've got they've got really good distribution too right and so they can get any of these products into any store that they want to get them into they can decide how much shelf
shelf space it right. gets because they, they can they can shelf space. Those guys yeah. in Budweiser can both just tell them how much space they want. And in addition to Vizzy, which we talked about, they also have Coors Seltzer, which is you know everyone is Bud Seltzer. Everyone's putting their regular brand plus seltzer, and then yeah. they have another brand called Spritzen, which is beer with a splash of seltzer, and then they have another brand called Proofpoint, which is premium spirit hard seltzers. <laughs> so they basically have covered the market from from beer with a little seltzer to like real liquor with a little seltzer. As if we didn't need another reason, I got Matthew Mann uh, says, uh, tap to the blue moon. Get that trending on Wall Street Bet. That is awesome. <laughs> Guys, remember that. Somebody get that going on uh, or, or reserve that for Wall Street Bets when the time comes. That is actually pretty darn good. Um, listen, I, I there are just so many accelerators here over the next three to six months. I cannot wait to watch this. I don't know how big I'll get in this position. I'm keep a close eye on it. Uh, I could see myself having a seven-figure position in Molson Coors if I start to see early positive buzz when these are released. Let's talk about the rock strength that comes out in March, right, guys? I think it's like March 1st, maybe, or just early March. Sometime so in we'll March. They, they say coming soon. Yeah, we we will. No, I, I, it's definitely in. From what I understand, it's definitely supposed to be out in March. So we'll have to keep a close eye on that launch, guys. Zoa. Cannot wait. Um, the ticker there, T-A-P, the tap, tap to the moon. Yep. Uh, also, guys, uh, how about a seven-figure position on CCIV? Guys, who's saying we don't have a seven-figure position? Did you not see our CCIV episode? Um, we had, it was one of our top EV picks, and we were made fun of for how aggressive oddly positive we were on the CCIV trade by a Tesla guy that obviously didn't understand that it wasn't about the long-term viability of um, uh, Lucid, the Lucid Air. It was more about the market's perception of what's possible for Lucid the brand. That's where we were trading. We're social arb traders. He didn't get it. We got it. I'm up, guys. Massive mid-figure, six figures on that trade already. I have no idea what's going to happen there, but so far, so good on CCIV. Yeah, I'm, I'm in CCIV too. Let me see how I'm doing on that. But I do want to, just for a moment here, talk about... Yeah, I'm up uh, 89% on my CCIV. Yeah, on my initial purchase, I'm up about that, Dave, because I think we bought it around the same time. But then yeah. I did a, I bought some extras when it, so it kind of went up, up, it dipped back down to 20 or 18, and I rebought some more, I doubled down. Guys, I am up 130 some odd percent on CCIV yeah. on a low to mid six figure investment. So that has been just absolutely killer. Uh, done way better than I anticipated. Which, by the way, so, there is news on CCIV. Um, I read today that they are, are they doing like a set, I don't know what they, I don't remember how they phrase it, but they're doing an extra raise, right? Um, so apparently they're expanding the size of the SPAC, from what I can tell. Which we knew, which we were saying that which would basically happen, basically they right? have to do, right? And that's probably the whole, I mean, this is all speculation. We have no idea because this is, but purely speculation. I yeah. would think that Lucid wants more money, right? Because they realize the value that they've got. And so yep. then they're sending CCIV back to the table and saying, hey, pick up some more dollars and we'll do the deal. Yeah, and by that's the way, that's not a great I mean, thing for us as investors uh, in CCIV, but it, it is, I don't think the market, listen, I don't think the market's going to be rational about CCIV oh, for a while, that's, that's why that's we're in it. Error that that's about CCVI, so like I said, no idea. Uh, that I Apparently I'm wrong. Okay, um, okay, so here's what I wanna talk about. This is another high conviction report 
that was in our Discord channel. I'm not at all and prepared for this. Let me let me go back and find your text from yesterday to see if I have anything I need to show on the screen. <laughs> okay, so I, at a minimum, I want to give credit to where credit is due. So I'm going to actually pull up if I can. I'm going to pull up the dis. I'm pulling up our Discord so I can see who wrote the report. So the report is: it's if we did an episode today, if Jordan would have let me do the episode, which I. I agreed with him, by the way. I, I didn't want to do an episode on it. It would have been really dark. Um, it would have been trading death. It would have been investing in death. That would, that would have been the title of the episode, uh. which is not an awesome episode for a Friday. Right, guys? So wait, like, is, that's... <laughs> is that why you sent me... <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it up, man. I'm pulling it Look, up right I mean, now. Look, it makes sense as an investment. I get it. They're, you know, they're a company just like everybody else trying to make money. I just feel like... And I could be wrong about this, but I have heard, I've read story because I've looked at this company before, um, and you're selling to people that are bereaved, right? And so, you know, you're trying to, do you want the best for your love? I mean, they, it seems like. Uh, uh, Jordan, we all know. They tug at heartstrings. I'm not saying that they do this or not, but it seems like that's something that they could. It's, Jordan, it's a shady business. We know it, right? Like, it, it, it is. I, I'm not endorsing the company, but Options by the Bay was the author of the high conviction report he called it death and taxes um gosh i i saw when i was doing my own research on it uh i heard someone say something like your loss is their gain i mean just terrible <laughs> subject matter during COVID. i i didn't feel comfortable doing an episode on this but i do want to talk about it because truthfully they saw a big bump early last year when the death rate picked up uh now they are one of the largest funeral home management, you know, funeral companies. Uh, they do the they do they do death services, right? So they sell you caskets. They do the whole thing, the funerals, all of it. Now, one thing that's really interesting is we obviously saw a massive pickup, unprecedented pickup in 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 excess deaths uh, starting in the fall, going through the winter time. So Dave showed a Google Trends uh, graph that was. Uh, an increase in search of funeral home. And this is really sad, so it's not something we want to talk about in any sort of joyous way. But it, it's just data, guys. And, and this is a company that is likely to benefit. Uh, one thing that we should be aware of, uh, their earnings I think are Monday, is that while they are doing more, more of these funerals, they actually are are making less money per because of the shutdowns. People are not wanting the traditional large funeral services. So if you think about it, this is probably long-term a net negative for them because with how many people died this past year, that will probably and hopefully result in less deaths over the next three to five years when they would have been getting more of like a full complete funeral service out of each of those deaths. So I actually don't think this is a huge positive for the company long-term, but will they see a pop on earnings on Monday? If I had, I'm not invested in the stock, I might trade it i'm not sure but if i were to guess i think there's more of a likelihood that they're going to see a, ma a massive revenue increase this quarter and potentially a pop on earnings on monday so i it might be worth a trade i haven't made my own mind up on that yet but if it's off your radar if it's not if it's ethically okay for you to look at something like this it's worth looking at and i think i want to thank options for the bay by at least putting the report out uh <laughs> That's, I don't want to talk too much more about it, but guys, listen, 
more funerals equals more revenue even though they're making less revenue per funeral they are selling more caskets they are selling more services so if there was ever the perfect setup for a company like sci and by the way the stock is all is up i uh, had it is up you know fairly significantly this past year uh but i think this has got to be maybe the best quarter in the company's history this last quarter that they're about to announce on on monday so i don't the degree to which that is already known by the market, I can't say. And that that's, I don't, I can't say there's a huge social arbitrate here other than the fact that maybe there's not as many eyeballs on this as maybe there should be considering it's, I ha it has to be the best quarter in the company's history, right? And a lot of times when we have an anomaly- really know about this company, right? It's kind of a weird company because they don't, it's not in your face. Like if you go to a funeral home, you don't know that it's an SCI funeral home. Like they keep, what they do is they buy these like um, smaller family funeral homes um, and then just kind of take them over, but they leave that name in place. So you don't know that you're dealing with a big company, I don't think, when you go in. Yeah, yeah, I... I yeah, this, this is a list of uh, their brands uh, from their website here. There is one other publicly traded funeral home company that I know of that is way smaller, that has done way better this last year um, in terms of, uh, you know, just seeing an appreciation of equity value. So, man, they're just a funeral home company. Like, they own a bunch of funeral homes, right? So it's yeah. a very simple trade, I think. Um, the big question is the degree to which management on the earnings call is going to downplay... Um, the rest of 2021 due to a contraction uh, with the vi you know, with the, with the vaccine take rate increasing, and obviously we're seeing a massive decrease, guys, in positive case numbers uh, globally, right, for the most part, uh, but especially here in the U.S. Uh, where they operate. So I think that is kind of like a net negative. You know, there might be traders in this that sell off the second it pops on earnings, if it does pop on earnings. So there is a lot of risk here. I'm going to watch it. If I don't trade it, I'm at least going to watch it because I'm curious, and I might trade it. If I do trade it, I will tell you this. I am out of this thing probably after hours. I probably won't even buy options. I'll probably buy stock. And if it pops at all during earnings, I don't even know if earnings are after hours, sure. but if it does, I'll sell out after hours. I don't want to hold this thing. I, I think if traders start trading this, everyone's going to want to get out of this because we know what's coming, which is decreased death rates for many, many quarters, hopefully post-COVID. Also, I had, record I had, I had a different right SCI. Now. This, is, this is the uh, SCI that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, NYSE. Yeah, so they're back up there to where they were pre-pandemic, but you think they'd be higher. So I know a lot of people are asking about NGA. Um, I know people. I, I had one person email me from the community this week, asking me about Lion. There's been some stuff going on with Lion. I am going to spend some time this weekend uh, catching up on both Lion and really all of the. Um, all the EV trucking stocks that we discussed at length a couple few weeks ago. Uh, and I'll report back to you guys next week if there's any changes in my opinion. At, at the moment, I don't see why there would be. These are, these are not storylines that are gonna change day by day, week by week. So as you know, for me, the electrification trade was a long-term trade. I do wanna do at least one episode, maybe two next week on electrification guys. Uh, there's two things, at least two, maybe three that I really wanna talk about that we haven't talked about yet. So we'll discuss that off air, but definitely- yeah, NGA for me, I've just got it in my back pocket, right? That's not a huge position, but I've just got it back there so I can keep watching it, keep an eye on it. Um, 
it just forces me to keep up to date with them, but I'm not, you know, banking my future on NGA. It's just something that I'm, I'm holding. And NGA yeah. is one of the ones that I did not buy, but I am in Gig Capital and uh, CCIV, whichever. You're which probably in Proterra, right Dave, I would imagine. No, I didn't get that one either. Is that uh, ACTC? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we were. I think Dave and I were out on that one because it was so expensive. Yeah. Um, it's dropped a little bit, so it's it's like twenty four or something like that right now. So it's you know maybe this is the time to pick it up. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'll look at it, guys. Uh, Bumble is really disappointing for me. You know, I really wanted to get into Bumble pre IPO. That was one of the ones I tried really hard. Uh, we were making a lot of phone calls. Uh, we leveraged every resource we could to try to acquire pre IPO shares in Bumble this last year. We were unable to because it had a really small cap table, meaning that there weren't a lot of investors in Bumble that we were able to try to acquire stock from. So that was unsuccessful. Of course, everything that I thought would happen with Bumble happened. They IPO'd, they increased their, their range, they increased it again, and then on top of increasing their range again, they then went ahead and increased the total amount they were raising at that high range. Then they IPO'd at the top of the new, new high range with the larger than normal raise. And then they pretty much doubled from there. I was like, dude, everything that I thought about Bumble, the world knows about Bumble now. They're actually trading guys at a valuation. This is so crazy. They're trading at about the same valuation, I think that Match was trading at just a year ago with five times the user, okay? So like Bumble has to now grow into that expectation that people have built up for them. I love the company. It fits beautifully into my narrative of investing narrative of the decade of female empowerment. We talked about that earlier this last year, remember guys? Uh, a lot of our trades are focused on female empowerment and really none other is better than Bumble. I love, love, love this brand. I Just a killer brand. Wait, Chris, I spaced out for a second. Did you buy any? I did not buy any. I didn't do it because I felt like there was no arbitrage opportunity yeah. there for me at, at, at this point in time. Now, if people start to lose faith in the company for one reason or another, I'll take another look at them. But right now, I am not in Bumble. And guys, just understand something. There's never been a tougher, there's never been a tougher environment in terms of, of what I need to see in a company to trade it because I'm fully levered. I'm 100% levered on my portfolio, meaning every time I buy a stock, I need to sell a stock. So it's not that I don't like Bumble, not even that I don't like it at these levels. Do I like it more than I like something else, right? And and so every everything is a trade-off. Uh, every, every purchase comes with an opportunity cost. And the opportunity cost of purchasing Bumble was me selling something else in my portfolio. And I just didn't, couldn't do it yesterday. Couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just cheaped out on it because of, you know, I figured if it was trading in the 40s or 50s, I was going to buy it. But I mean, it's it opened at like 73 and didn't really come off that much. And so I, yeah, I cheaped out. Again today. But I, I'd love to be in it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Great. I'm not in it either. Um, but I am in match. Doubled my money in match. Um, nice. So I'm happy. You, you've been a big proponent of Match, Dave. You, you killed it in Match. I was in Match for a little bit last year. I think I'm out now. Um, anyway, so that's it.
Do you want to um, tell people how your um, your saga, Evil Genius was asking about your saga of uh, trying to figure out how to buy Dogecoin? Did you did you ever get your yeah, Doge? Yeah, man. I, so I bought Doge. I, as I said on the last episode, I bought Doge. Then I, I went all in on Doge. I mean, all in. I was never going to <laughs> invest in. more than $25,000 in Doge, okay? So I have a grand, you know, for those of y'all that watch the channel. Oh, by the way, someone said, would you guys please tell us a percentage of your portfolio rather than just a dollar amount because we don't know what it means when you say you bought two hundred thousand dollars so tap so, half a percent for me yeah for Less me, than half a percent. yeah for me i keep taking money out of my portfolio every couple weeks for making very large private investments that i've been committed to for the past year so i pulled millions and millions out of my portfolio but right now uh, it's at 34 million so i'm, I'm trading a 34 million dollar portfolio so two hundred thousand dollars to 34 million I don't know. It's not. It's not very much, right? Like it's under. It's what half of one percent or something like that. I don't know. It's it's pretty small. Now twenty five thousand dollars is extraordinarily small. So when I talk about Doge, it's you know even when I'm all in on my Robinhood Doge trade, uh, yeah. it's crazy small. And by the way, I, I think if if Doge falls into the background, we're going to see that price start to drop uh, every single day on Doge. Um, you know. So we'll we'll, we'll see. But crypto in general, what is your percentage of portfolio with Bitcoin and... With all my private investments too? Well, like, I would exclude those. I'm talking about actual, just the coins themselves that are sitting in a crypto account. Not private well, investments coin, in mining companies that yeah, okay. are influenced so by the price of the coins. If you don't include all the mining companies and the crypto exchange that I'm invested in, which is considerably large, uh, I'd have to look, Dave. Um, I think it's probably like two and a half million dollars of yeah. crypto, just straight up Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, about two point, maybe about two point three, two point four million dollars. So that puts me at about, I don't know, was it eight percent, seven or eight percent now? But I think if you were to include the crypto exchange investments and the crypto mining investments based on their current market value. I would be closer to ten, about ten percent of my portfolio is yeah. in the, the crypto sphere, right? That that sector. You're roughly seven percent in direct coins. I'm only four percent in, and wish that I had gone in a little deeper. So I'll probably be upping my crypto holdings. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to be around ten percent. Yeah, I feel it feels it feels right. Um, you know, it feels right to me, Dave, like based on the risk factors and the big risk factor we talked about this was is always going to be some sort of government regulation. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's just out there. But that that's really the big one. Uh, make an episode an FUV. God, you know, that was like FUV is the three wheeler electric company with. Yeah, the, we talked about it. Well, that that's that's, the, that's young our uh, young investor is all about that. And he has been about that like for a while now, he must be killing it in that stock. And I, I saw he rebalanced of... his portfolio the other day. He's uh, he's gone more into Tesla. Um, he's yeah, he's watching I today. I, I saw him in the comments earlier. I saw that. I, I will take another look at FUV. I just it's a personal bias I have against these three wheelers. I just think you always so you always tell me not to let my personal biases affect my investment decisions. I, and now know, you're Dave, you're, you're in the right. same boat. You're but right. No, you, you have to. You have to invest in what you know and what you like. No, you don't. No, you, you shouldn't I do. do that. You, that's the worst thing you can do, Dave. That is the <laughs> absolute. It's not about you. It's about everybody else. And unless you are representative of everybody, it just doesn't make sense. Think about how many investments, how many great investments we either made or didn't make 
that we would personally hate. Like we would personally hate the product. We don't get it. We don't understand it. Maybe it's female oriented. Maybe it's super youth oriented and we just don't get it. You cannot, the Peter Lynch, as much as I love Peter Lynch, the invest in what you know is a very old school, limited mindset. And I think it, it, it was better than nothing if you were investing in the 80s uh, to invest in what you understand and know. But now that we have social media, now that we have access to data, you no longer are restricted to just investing in what you know. You can invest in what other people are doing, what other people are liking, what other people are seeing. Because you know the world is a diverse place, man. And you don't want to limit yourself. So maybe I'm wrong on FUV and I, I really, I haven't given it a chance. I haven't really spent much time researching it. I will. Okay, uh, guys, let, I, we got another meeting. We have a meeting with our, if you wanna, I don't know if you guys are gonna do it, but I wanna catch up with some of the mods from our Discord community. By the way, Dumb Money Discord, thanks in part to another YouTuber who we love, uh, me, Kevin. Meet Kevin was really cool. Like he's been hang, hanging out and promoting our Discord on his channel, and like our Discord has doubled to like thirty thousand <laughs> people. So meet Kevin. Uh, thank, thank you. Like that. Guy, where the hell do you find the time? Where does he find the time to do everything he does? I don't and know. And then also be in our Discord. Animal. I was, I was on his show live, and while I was talking, I was getting alerts that he was tweeting at the same time, and he's like, he was in our Discord. Discording and I mean, I don't know how he does it. I feel like I can, I can barely do this once a day and put a video out on hey there Dave here Because we're boomers. I mean that guy he's young. <laughs> I mean, he's awesome. He is younger. He is younger But I feel like at some point there's there's going to be an intervention that we'll be invited to uh, a meet Kevin intervention <laughs> Someone it's maybe someone from his family is gonna call it and he he's just gonna have to slow the hell down at some point because I, I don't know how it's But you've seen his he schedule. He wakes up super, super early and gets started yeah. early. And then he's done at like four or five o'clock, unless there's some breaking news story that he's like on the on the air 24-7. But it, it, It's inspiring and, it and tiring to watch him at the same time. So listen, as long as he can do it and his wife's okay with it, go for it, man. But it ain't going to last forever. I can't wait till... He finally uh, slows down a little bit. Okay, uh, Crocs. I have no update on Crocs, guys. I'll have to I'll have to spend some time on that this weekend as well. But I will. I promise. Uh, so and you're right. Well, we, the three of us. I don't know actually. Jordan, are you a millennial or a boomer or a Gen Xer? I'm Gen uh, X. I'm I'm right on the fence. So it depends on which um, crappy website you go on to figure out like, am I a what? I I can go with either one. I feel like Dave isn't Gen X such a nice like boutique generation like like it's just it's so it's a smaller I'm I'm proud to be in Gen X. Yeah, me too. Me I too. Saw a I love meme it. where it has like two guys fighting or like three guys fighting and they're like <laughs> boomer and the boomers in the fight and the millennials in the fight and then the Gen X guys just like sitting on the side drinking a beer like watching It's it. so <laughs> good. I, I love how nobody talks about us. I I absolutely <laughs> Love it. By the way, I'm going to coin the next gen right now. I just did. I just did. I'm going to call it after Gen Z. Because I'm already tired with Gen Z. Like, they're getting Well, Gen old. Z's already old. Gen Z's, Gen Z's are, having, Z's are getting married old. and having kids now. No, no. You're thinking millennials. Yes. Gen Z. Well, Gen, Gen Z, Z technically is. is. Millennials, yeah. millennials have aged out, and now it's the Gen Z's that are getting yeah. married. All right, Gen I'm Z's gonna... are calling out the millennials for wearing skinny jeans and having side parts. That's how <laughs> okay. into pop culture I am. Okay, so Dave, I'm gonna call it 
next gen, let's just call them. Call them by what they are. They're next gen. It's next gen. That's what it is. But then after Gen Z, it's That's next gen. I've been saying it for a while now. So let's just see if we can get the world kept, like catching on to that. But then what it's happens when there's a next next gen? Do we just They're start not going to use the stupid word gen. They're gonna, that's going to be so old school using the word gen. Like, are you kidding me? They're going to have some. They're not going to have. They're going to have a meme language by then. They won't be talking in English, Dave. It's they'll be talking in some. Generation meme Alpha language. has already been named as the generation that follows oh. Gen Z, and it includes anyone like born after 2010. Gen Alpha is still young, but on track to be the most transformative age group ever. According to uh, Business Insider. So there you go. Fine. Done. You cannot coin something that already exists. Oh, Gen A1. That sounds cooler than Gen Alpha. Gen A1, Gen B. Uh, <laughs> I, I would prefer to call it next gen. Uh, I don't like the, I don't, I don't know. Sounds All generic. right. Uh, lithium. Got it. Guys, all right. You found out. Lithium is one of the topics I want to talk about next week. Yes, I've been going all in on lithium. We have some really big trades in lithium. Uh, some stuff that is monstrously big. Uh, Got some trades there. I want to go over the whole gamut of the battery, not just the lithium. Thank you. It's, not, it's not all the lithium. There's, of there's, course not. there's a lot of lot of materials that go into these new battery technologies. Okay, so guys, I have a 280-page report on uh, battery supply chain, basically taking you from mining all the way to battery production. It's 280 pages. I am 60 pages in right now. And I'm going to share it with both of you. Jordan, I challenge you because you I, have an I'm challenging mind. Jordan to uh, read that and give Can me you a book report it? on it. I don't that's a understand. One, that's a one box of wine read for me. Okay, can you put, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, dude. Can <laughs> you read it this weekend? <laughs> I'm serious. Like what I'm gonna do. That's great. Actually, you have it, you have it. It's that email I forwarded you from our friend. He, it's, it's on, it's one of the three attachments yeah, in that yeah, email. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you read that 280 page report, whatever it is, you will be the world's, you, you have to be in the top 500 people most educated on, on anything related to electrification, hard metals. If, hey, the Chris, process. if you can share that whole report to Discord. I don't know if yeah, it's sure. proprietary or something. Uh, I'll check. I, I might be able to. Let me let me check with the let me check with the person who sent it to me. Um, guys, we this is a big enough uh, ARB opportunity that is not like something that happens for a few months. This is like years. This over the next five years, we're going to see a lot of this play out. Uh, just a little tease here. For those of y'all that don't really understand electrification, battery tech, uh, heavy metal mining, a lot of the supply chain functions uh, simply don't exist in North America. They, they are almost exclusively exist in China. So China has the full ecosystem for everywhere from mining to battery production. They have the full ecosystem. There are a lot of different components and a lot of players in that. The thesis here is that we are going to see that replicated in North America over the next decade. We're going to see the full ecosystem get built out. And there, are, it's not just about mining lithium and it's not just about actually assembling batteries. There are a number of steps in between. There are a number of SPACs that we have yet to see that will be coming out over the coming months and I think coming years um, in this space. And it's really worth getting yourself educated on because I think electrification is one of the most massive shifts that we've that I've seen in my lifetime. And it's probably something that's worth spending a little time getting yourself educated so you're not just hopping on SPACs just you know, because everyone's doing it, you really understand what you're investing in, and you can get conviction in what you invest in. So that we'll have a show next week on that coming, guys. Other than that, have a great weekend. Uh, I lo I love I love today's show. I cannot wait to watch The Rock, to watch the Topo uh, 
uh, hard seltzer launch, man. Yeah. I, this is, dude, I can't wait, dude. All right. Well, before you go, uh, make sure that the like button has been smashed. Make sure that you uh, have, well, you can't leave a comment until we're off, but if you're watching the replay, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of this show. Let us know what you want to see in the future. And uh, go to dumbmoney.tv to find all the other places you can follow us, including Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, Discord. What else is there? That's about it. All right. How about I said Twitter. Oh yes. Well, don't don't go to our podcast because I'm dreadfully behind schedule on reposting these shows as podcasts. And I was actually wanting to know from the audience: if you watch our podcast or listen to our podcast, do you would you rather uh, I just go back to the backlog and post them in order, or should I jump to today's show, post that one, and then maybe work my way backwards and try to double up a little bit? Because I I have like twelve of them that I have not posted yet. Okay, we got we got to get on with our moderators right now, Dave. Okay. Thanks for watching. We're Dumb Money. We will see you on Monday. Mm.